He's got a beautiful backswing. Dad! Oh, he got all of that one. Oh my gosh. That is amazing. Lay up with an iron into the hazard. Well, that wasn't quite what I meant, you know. What's up, everybody? Welcome into a special edition of the 73rd hole, the official podcast of Golf Oklahoma. Colby Powell, Taylor Williams, Sam Humphreys with you here on a Tuesday afternoon, beautiful Tuesday afternoon here in the state of Oklahoma. You might be asking yourself, why is today a special edition of the 73rd hole? It's a special edition because we have a PGA Tour winner with us. Those of you who have followed this podcast from the beginning for what's nearly two years now know that Taylor Gooch has been very supportive, come on with us a number of times, given us hours of his time uh, to this podcast. We're huge Taylor Gooch fans, homers, all of the above, and he took some time out 48 hours after he wins for the first time on the PGA Tour. He took some time to talk to us. Not even. Not even. Not even. It's, it's just Tuesday afternoon. It's been a whirlwind for him, and he made some time for us the absolute best here's our interview with the man pga champion 33rd ranked player in the world taylor gooch and now it's time to welcome in to the 73rd hole a guest we've had on a number of times and he is now a pga tour champion it's the man taylor gooch joining us now let's go (laughs) he did it PG, <laughs> PGA Tour champion. How's that feel? What, what have the last 48 hours been like since you went ahead and kicked in that six-footer on 18 to claim your first trophy? Um, man, it's um, it's cliche, but it's been a willow win, that's for sure. Uh, it, it's, it still probably hasn't quite set in. I remember hearing that all the time when people say that when they win stuff, but I, uh, I truly understand it now because it's just – it's been a whirlwind, but it's it's been I mean just such a blessing, so incredible, man. I'm I'm, I'm pretty pumped, to say the least. TG, I mean, first question: Have you popped the daddy champagne bottle yet? Uh no, we are in the uh, process of figuring out a game plan for that. So <laughs> it, it was uh it was one of my first thoughts. So was you know what we've got a pretty good reason to pop this thing now. So <laughs> we are we are in the middle of figuring out how to how when what. You know, when, what, where, why? <laughs> There's no doubt about that. I think all the stars have aligned at this point to pop that that baby for sure. So, TG, main thing I've got to ask you: bogey-free 64 final round, last 26 holes didn't make a bogey. What in the world led to that? It's just some of the best play I've ever seen. Man, you know, I I've been playing some good golf for a while, man, and um, as I've told people here recently, you know, not not. Like good golf, not just in the last couple of months, but really for the last like six, seven months. And uh, unfortunately, the the results didn't necessarily uh, reflect that. And um, finally, here in the last couple of months, kind of starting with the new season, the results have started to reflect that. And um, man, it's just I don't know how to explain it other than weeks like that, the game just seems easy, and you just wish you could somehow channel the the ease of the game more often you know I, I was sitting there on Sunday when I made birdie on 13 to get to I think five under and I was five under through 13 and I made like a 15 footer on on 13 but prior to that like really didn't do anything like crazy it's not like I made a 70 footer or chipped in I I was just I'd actually missed a few good birdie chances to still be 
front of under. And I was just sitting there, I was like, because at that point, that's kind of when I was like, man, we, we've got some cushion. Like, we're in a good spot. And I was like, man, this, like, this, the first one usually, like, it doesn't come this easy. And so I, I don't know how to put it other than it was just, the game just was was coming easy for the you know for the week and and for the weekend especially so it was it was nice that it all kind of came full circle from you know playing really well in the summer and and really not getting any results to playing really well at the end of the season and really getting results when you say the first one doesn't normally come this easy it's one thing we kind of talked about yesterday you took all the drama out of the golf tournament on the back nine. You just, it was smart play. Uh, it was safe play. You were hitting it to all the right spots. You weren't making any mistakes. Uh, that, that pitch out on 16, I want to know, because we talked about this yesterday too. Mm-hmm. On the broadcast, they were questioning the pitch out, and we're all sitting here like, four and, shot and I lead. Was, you know, I was saying, you know, that shows the maturity, and, and that's why you won in dominant fashion. It looked like you've been there a thousand times, and that's what Colby is saying is when you pitch down on 16, I go, that's he's going to win the golf tournament. So, so that's what I wanted to know is <laughs> that lie, because on the broadcast they were asking, they were acting like, oh, I can't believe you didn't go for it. I want to know what you saw in that lie and what you and Mal talked about, and then you ended up deciding to pitch out, and then obviously a great up and in for par. What was the conversation with Mal there? Well, like, it was one of those lies. So it wasn't in a bunker. It was in kind of almost a waste area, if you will, which is kind of beachy around there, obviously being on the ocean. And so it was um, – you could see it from 100 yards out. I Like, you just knew, I'm like, well, that's a crap lie. And as we get closer, it was so obvious. Like, it was just – there was a huge, basically, mound of sand behind the ball. And – so I, there was literally 0% chance I could hit it solid, zero. And then with where the pin was, with the, you know, knowing you're not going to hit it solid, you're, I only had like 110 yards. I would have had to take a seven iron to have a chance of getting it there. So you're going to, you're just going to come up short. And so that pin, anywhere short of the green, short-sided, it's screwed. Now you're bringing in big numbers. And so, you know, knowing where I was, it's like, this was the most no-brainer move ever, like, I'm going to chip out sideways and have still have a, a wedge in my hand. You know, most likely I'm going to make either par or bogey at worst. And, you know, I'm not going to lose the golf tournament because I try to hit a golf shot from a terrible eye. Like I already hit, you know, one of my few quote unquote misses of the day. I'm not going to compound, you know, a miss with another stupid decision. So, it was, yeah, it was a, an absolute no-brainer to go sideways. Yeah, and while we're still on the subject of, like, the technical things of the tournament, you know, TG, lately you've been driving the ball so much better than you have in the past. What do you attribute that to, kind of? And and obviously the putter got hot this week, and that's why you won. But, but I feel like the reason why you've been so consistent lately is because you've been putting the ball in the fairway. Yeah, I mean, like we've talked about in the past, and, you know, for, for how my game sets up, if, if I get the ball in the fairway, you know, most weeks it's just a matter of, of you know, how many putts go in that week. And, um, you know, it's been a focal point for, for a while now to just get better at driving it. And, um, you know, it's, I've just spent more time on it. I've just, I've, it's just become more of an emphasis in my preparation and my practice. And, you know, the difference on the tour between, you know, winning and not winning and between, you know, being – you know, a top 10 player in the world and a hundred fake player in the world. It's, it's not that much. It, it might only be the difference between, you know, nine fairways in a round versus 11 fairways. And, and so, you know, 
the last few months, you know, we've been able to just hit, you know, a couple fairways more around and, and that just makes a huge difference in, in scoring. It, it sounds small, but it, it makes a big difference over the course of four days. You know, TG, a lot of people are going to focus on your beautiful final round you played, but out of everyone who's played more than one uh, one tournament this year, you were third on the tour in uh, first-round scoring average. What in the world are you doing now to be able to get to know the courses so well and get off to such a great start? Because the first round, analytically, is the most important round. Yeah, I mean, you, you can't win in the first round, but you can lose it, you know? And so it just comes with time, man. You know, just the, the getting comfortable with the golf courses. I was actually – I just had uh, – some time with my dad uh, a little bit ago and we were talking about that and I was telling them it's just people don't talk about how of course the more comfortable and, and more knowledge you have the course like the better but what what they don't talk about is where it's it's so valuable is you know Tuesday and Wednesday instead of expending you know time and energy on getting you know familiar with the golf course and learning more about you know how the greens react here and how this reacts there like that time that I used to take to get familiar with the golf course, I now, because I am familiar with golf courses, I know what to expect. I can, I can use that time and energy to focus more on my game and to spend a little bit more time working on, you know, hitting more fairways or spend a little more time, you know, putting and, and, and getting practice and honing my game in and sharpening my tools. And so that's, I think, a, a big part of getting off to a good start is, you know, a couple of days leading up to the tournament, I'm just not – not having to put as much time, nearly as much time, into getting familiar with the golf course as I used to, and I can spend that time now more so, you know, getting my game ready for the tournament. Now, all that being said, I'm sure it doesn't hurt your feeling to get invited to new golf courses, <laughs> two that I can think of off the top of my head, the Plantation Course at Kapalua and a little place down in Georgia that I believe they refer to as Augusta National Golf Club. H- how long did it take you? At what point did it pop into your head I'm going to Augusta. I'm going to be in the Tournament of Champions. These elite, elite events, especially the Masters. I mean, how long after you tapped in on 18 were you like, oh, my God, I'm going to Augusta. I did it. I mean, to be frank, like, on Thursday when I'm shooting eight under or whatever, like, I'm already thinking about it. It's like, you already think <laughs> when you are getting a thick of things, you're already like, all right, like, Augusta's on the line. This is on the line. You start thinking about it. But, no, nah, man, like, it was such a whirlwind after the win. Like you, you, you realize it, but it didn't really, like I didn't talk about it with anybody because I had to do, you know, obviously a bunch of media and whatnot, but I, I didn't get to talk about it with anybody until um, about seven thirty, eight o'clock that evening. Like once everything had, had gotten over with and I, my, my wife and, and kid were there and I just said to her immediately, I go, are you ready for Maui? And are you ready for Augusta? And, um, and that's, that's really when it was like, man, like, it's happened. TG, obviously on Sunday night, the Oklahoma Golf Hall of Fame banquet was going on, and you had the likes of Scott Verplank uh, being inducted and, and the Edwards brothers and all, all these OSU greats. And, um, and the, talk of the, the talk of the banquet and the talk of the little gathering before the banquet was Taylor Gooch. Um, and it comes to my question because last week you said, I want to be the best player on tour from OSU. Now, and I think that some people might have misconstrued it and thought it was kind of negative to maybe Javi or Wolf or whatever so that's my first question I want you to explain what you meant by that and two you know also where does that confidence come from because I think some people might feel more pressure after saying a statement like that and clearly you went out and proved uh yourself right and went out and won that week 
Yeah, I mean, y'all know how much I love Oklahoma, and like it's, it's, I'm very prideful about where I'm from. And I mean, how cool, like, how cool was it when they, like, everyone knows Barry is is the greatest Oklahoma State football player, right? And it's right. like, you know, you just you want to be like, you know, if you're the best player on tour from Oklahoma State, you're probably pretty dang good. And so there's part of that where it's like, I know if I can become the best Oklahoma State golfer on tour, I'm probably pretty dang good. Mm-hmm. And so there's there's that. And also just that kind of, like I said, the pride of like, I'm from Oklahoma. I went to Oklahoma State. I still live in Oklahoma. Like, you know, there's there's the pride of saying like, I want to be, I want to be that guy. I want to represent Oklahoma in a way that, that's very, very successful. I want to be the best. Oklahoma player, the best Oklahoma State golfer. It's just all of it, you know. And and like like you said, it's like when I said that, I even said, you know, obviously, you know, Matt and and Vic have played great golf, and you know, they've they've shown that they're you know the best players from Oklahoma State right now. But you know, I I think if I can continue to improve, like I can I can make a push for that. And um and and hey, a little competition, you know, with within the the Pope community is is never a bad thing. So uh, I, it's a goal, and it would be cool to achieve. I can't remember what, what round you, after you said it, Taylor. Um, I may be paraphrasing here a little bit, but you said something along the lines of, if you don't like pressure, you need to be playing a different sport. Am I, am I hitting the nail on the head there? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Awesome. And so since uh, we, we talked about a little bit of 16 a little bit and having to punch out, um, talk about how Mal was able to help you down the stretch. We always think about players getting nervous, but at the end of the day, caddies get nervous too. And it seemed like with all the close-ups going on that um, that Mal was being able to stay very steady and keep you uh, focused even more so than you already are. So kind of dive, dive into how important he was. Oh, yeah. He was, I mean, obviously instrumental. He made the call of the day. Um, so – like I said, after 13, when I made birdie, I kind of, like I said, I knew I had a little bit of a cushion, and I was like, you know, you, you're in a good spot, dude. Like, time to close it off. But there's, there's really on that golf course, there's, there's two holes left um, that can get up and that can bite you. And that's four, for me, it's 14 and 16. The, the tee balls on 14 and 16 are just a little uncomfortable. They're, they're really the only holes that kind of bring the other into play. And, um, and 14, I actually was one of my bogeys of the week earlier in the week too, and it was just it's into the wind. It's just tough tee ball, and so uh, they actually they the first couple of rounds that we played at that course because it was so windy, they had scooted us up a tee. Uh, but the final round, when not blowing as much, they tipped us out. And so the first two days, I hit driver from uh, the the tee box up because of the wind, and then the last day they tipped us out. So I just kind of you know out of routine, I just pulled driver out and Mal did a great job. And I asked him, so I, I just said, Hey, you know, where's the wind here? Cause it was kind of flipping around just a little bit. He goes, he goes, Hey mate, why don't we talk about this one for a second? And I was like, all right. And he goes, it only, it's only going to take, you know, basically 275 yards to get to this certain head. And he was like, you know, I, I kind of feel like this, this is worth thinking about three wood. And, you know, for me, three wood off the tee is kind of a comfort, uh, you know, comfort zone. And so it doesn't take much to convince me to hit three wood off the tee. And especially on a hole, like I said, where it's, it's only, you know, one of two holes left where it brings the, the other, you know, the double, triple into play. And so right when he said that, I pulled three wood out and, and piped it right down the middle and right, right toward that head that we had talked about. And, um, 
And so he did a great job there of, of kind of calling me off of a club. And then when we got to 16, got to that line that was, you know, like I said, it was terrible. Um, I kind of sat there. I, I kind of tried to, you know, see if there's any way to make it happen to go out to green. And I just looked at him. I go, I think we just go sideways. He goes, I was going to tackle you if we tried anything else. So <laughs> we, uh, we, we, we were pretty much in agreement there, but he, man, he did a great job. He stayed calm and I hit a, I hit a, hit a second shot on the 15th hole, par five. And, uh, it was one of the shots of the rounds. And, and, um, after hitting that shot, I looked at him and I just said, that was pure. He goes, you just do that all the time. I'll, I'll shut up and never say anything. <laughs> so, you know, he, 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 he did a good job of keeping it pretty light. Uh, and, and keeping things pretty comfortable throughout the day. So he's, I mean, he's one of the best out there, without a doubt. Yeah, Mal's great. So uh, I want to know, we've talked to you previously about your favorite courses on tour and around the world that you've played. Now, are you going to have to revise that list? I, I mean, is this golf course your first PGA Tour win? How high is this going up on the list of favorite courses? I mean, how could you not be a little biased and not put it number one? <laughs> you know, it's first. First PGA Tour win, bogey free sixty four on Sunday. Like it's that that will have a uh, special place in the list uh, at the top for for a, a long while. Yeah, no one's gonna blame you for putting that number one. So Taylor, I'm curious. You know, now you've jumped all the way from fifty four fifty first to thirty third in the world. Forget the forties. Yeah, 40s forget are the forties. Uh, you know, and, and, and <laughs> guaranteeing you'll be able to pick your schedule. So I'm curious, what's your next goal? And and kind of a more serious question. What seriously? What's your next goal for next year? And and kind of. Um, with this last win, I mean, getting to be over the off season, albeit not very long, but being number one on the FedEx Cup over the off season, what's your goal? Yeah, I've, I've said for a while. I've, I've learned kind of, um, you know, setting goals uh, like winning tournaments or winning majors or you know whatever it may be. It, I don't work my best when I when I set goals like that you know right got certain guys can Justin Thomas he you know I think he's one of those guys he likes to write down goals and he puts it out there he's like I want to do this 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 and you know that's that's all well and good for him uh, but for me it, it it's not conducive to like that daily grind and that that daily like waking up to get better because if I'm thinking about winning the Masters in April that's a long ways away it's it's easy for me to get lazy over the next few weeks if I'm thinking about something that's a few months away. And so for me, I, I truly have one goal and that's to be the best player I can be, but a little even more into that. Like I, I want to be the number one player in the world. And, um, you know, I've said that for a while and, you know, people probably at times thought it was a little bit outlandish uh, and it's still a long, long ways away. Uh, but you know, I, I think that the the journey that I'm on and the kind of trajectory I'm on, if if I can just keep my head down and continue to, to focus on being the best player that I can be, as I said, I I, I want to see if the best I can be, if that's number one in the world. And so it's it's kind of a it's a goal, it's a dream, it's it's a hope, it's a question, it's it's all that. But you know, I know to be the number one in the world, I know you have to win tournaments. I know you have to win majors. I know you have to do certain things. Um, but to me, really the only goal I have is, is to be the number one player in the world. Um, and, and that's just, that's what gets me up every day to get going. 
TG, were your wife and daughter with you in Sea Island all week, or did they come on the last day when they knew you had a chance to win? They were uh, they were there for the week. How how important do you think it was having them there that led to your success? Well, so my my baby girl has been uh, at the two tournaments uh, this year or in her life, and uh, one was Napa, and I finished like fourth or fifth there, and then this one was first. So she's she's kind of a good luck charm. She, it, it might be come uh, more of a norm to have her <laughs> her come out more often if I continue to play that kind of golf. But you know. It's, uh, a couple weeks back when I played in Mexico, I was, you know, in the final group on the final round playing with Javi and, um, you know, I didn't have the Sunday I was hopeful for. And it was, it was gut wrenching. And, um, you know, it's just, it just shows how, how God always has uh, bigger and better plans for you if, you. if you stay faithful, because as much as it hurt to not win in my Coba, um, man, was it that much better to win with, you know, my wife and daughter there. TG, uh, so basically it's Bedlam week, uh, and we had a Twitter question from a guy named Brian Metcalf, and he asked, what's your favorite hole at Karsten Creek, and what is your highest score on that hole? <laughs> that is a great question. Um, I would have to say 17 is my favorite hole oh. uh, because it is the <laughs> also maybe like the, my least favorite hole at the same time because it is a brute. Uh, but it's it's my favorite hole because uh, my my freshman year um, we we were having national championships were out at Carson and the match play for the national championship had just started a couple years prior so uh, I had a goal uh, all year long that when nationals was there for the match play portion I didn't want to get to 17 <laughs> I wanted to close my dudes out because I didn't want to have to play 17. Um, and in qualifying all year, I never made worse than bogey on 17. And then the first round of the stroke play portion, I made triple and <laughs> shot three over par. Oh. So my highest score, yeah, my highest score on that hole was a triple. Uh, but to kind of uh, come full circle uh, in the, the – match play portion i never got to 17 i, I closed my dudes out so it's it, the, the triple <laughs> sucked but it but it paid off very nice i can tell you with certainty that 17 is a four handicappers least favorite hole it's an absolute nightmare <laughs> yeah, i can i can imagine the last time i played carson i don't think i finished that hole i think i lost a couple <laughs> of golf balls and went and sat in the cart um i, I want to know you get done on sunday you get back to your phone the amount of text messages, Twitter notifications, Instagram. I mean, how many messages did you have? Were there even enough hours in the day to read them all? Yeah, man, it is, it's like I said, it has been a whirlwind. I uh, I was just telling uh, my dad when I was just with him, I, I go, you know that end of the week update you get from your phone or a notification that talks about your screen time? I go, well, I think mine's going to be a little bit higher this week because I've, I've, uh, I've been kind of, stuck in my phone the last couple of days, you know, just replying to people and, and, uh, you know, chatting with people and, and, you know, scheduling stuff and, and everything. Like I said, it's, it's been a whirlwind and, um, I'm, I'm a, I love it. Uh, but I'm also excited for Thanksgiving in a couple of days so I can kind of shut it down and, uh, kind of, kind of get with the family and get, a, get away from, from this for a bit. TG has the direct deposit hit yet. <laughs> Tomorrow. Tomorrow. <laughs> yes. Big day. <laughs> that'll, that'll be good yep. stuff. That'll be good stuff. So uh, you mentioned Thanksgiving. What's your favorite Thanksgiving food? 
DG? So my family makes this dessert. It's called Scotcheroo. It's basically like this peanut butter, chocolate, rice crispy thing. It's like this homemade kind of thing. It's incredible. Uh, but for like your standard food, I mean, how can you not like, I mean, sir, you always have to have turkey on turkey. I mean, it's the staple. It's absolute staple. Absolutely. So uh, my question is, Sunday, there was some other big news in the game of golf. Tiger Woods posts a three-second swing video. I want to know, are you mad at Tiger for stealing your thunder? <laughs> hey, absolutely not. He, uh, I think the golf world got a little jolt of energy uh, seeing, seeing that, and he probably got he probably got some people's hopes up uh, about uh, about April with that. So maybe, maybe not hopes up in a bad way, but I think some people are you know thinking maybe there's a chance. So. Uh, no, it was super cool, and um, you know, kind of know some some people within, and uh, I know that he's uh, he's had a goal to uh, to play by the end of the year, and um, and so I, I was not surprised whenever I, I saw that that video pop up at all. Any kind of insider knowledge information that you've heard that you'd be willing to share about what we can expect from Tiger in twenty twenty two? Uh, let's just say he's going to probably be playing golf again in 2022 competitively. Let's go. I like it. I, I like love it. that. TG and, and Tiger in the final group at Augusta. We're calling it. <laughs> that would be great. That would be awesome. That would TG, work. TG, off-season plans. What What are you working on over the off-season? Um, first of all, I'm working on some time off. Uh, we're going <laughs> to, uh, take a little trip here in the next week or two and, and get away for a little bit. Um. And then just the same things, man. Just just working on uh, working on driving it better, working on making more putts, and and you know continue to try to, to to get better, you know, around the greens. And I mean everything. Everything's got to improve. You know, I, I was uh, chatting with a couple people the last couple of days, uh, my trainer and uh, caddy and everyone. I'm like, man, as much as I'm excited for um, you know the break, I'm, I'm you know I'm just got a little bit of taste of what it's like to, to win. And it, it, you know, it's, it, it doesn't, it doesn't make you, doesn't make me complacent. It makes me hungrier, you know? And so I'm, I'm, I'm going to have to force myself to take the next week and a half to two and a half weeks off. But, uh, it's, it's going to be hard because I'm already kind of itching to, uh, to get back at it. So I'm, I'm excited to, to continue to refine the skills and, and get ready for, for the new, you know, new year. Uh, Oklahoma State is a three-and-a-half-point favorite Saturday in the biggest Bedlam game in quite a while. Could be the last Bedlam game for quite a while. You're an OSU grad just like me. How you feeling? Man, uh, I actually didn't see that they were three-and-a-half-point favorites. Um, I think it's going to be – I mean, I think it's going to be a good game. Uh, I don't – I mean, I really don't know what to even think. I mean, the if I was uh, not – as close as I am to the situation, I feel like you would like to you would like to think people would think Oklahoma State probably got uh, a bit of an edge, uh, especially being at home. But as we know, Bedlam is man, it's a tough one. Um, so we'll, we'll I don't know, man. It, it I, I and especially just considering like the the styles of play of the teams now, it's so different than what we've come you know grown accustomed to over the last decade 
Sorry, I just, that's part of why I'm almost at a loss for words. I'm like, I just, I truly don't know what to expect because everything about this is just so twisted and turned from, from our norm. Um, I'm excited for it, man. I'm, I'm really excited for it. I wish I could, I could be there for it, uh, but I, I got to be in Dallas this weekend. But I'm excited to watch it and uh, see if folks can uh, get it done. All, all I heard there was post by 30. That's all I heard. <laughs> TG, thank I, you so I, much. I, I, don't, I don't like to jinx it. I don't like to jinx it, so I'm not going to say anything. TG, thank you so much. And, and for the people that might be listening for the first time, I just want to you know, tell you a public thank you for everything that you've done for us at the 73rd hole, getting this thing rolling and everything. And we could not be more happy for your success. I know my dad told me to tell you congrats. And, and, and a lot of people from Oklahoma would just love – uh, for you to know that we're rooting for you here. And um, we're just happy that you're Oklahoma through and through and you haven't changed since you were that little kid on the chipping green at John Conrad. Man, I appreciate it. I'm, uh, I'm excited for uh, you guys will be the first podcast uh, if and when that number one hits. Yes, Never sir. It's coming. Let's go. 33 ranked golf from the world, only going up from here. Yes, sir. Absolutely. But yeah, it's I mean, group texts all over the state. My group text with all my buddies out at the Greens. We're just lighting up for you over the weekend. It's uh, we talked about this yesterday. Oklahoma golf. It's it's like a family. And when it, whenever everybody saw you win this weekend, the entire state was happy for you and was cheering. So uh, big thanks to you for taking some time. Go enjoy your off season with your lovely wife and your lovely daughter. Uh, and we look forward to talking to you many more times after you've hoisted trophies. That sounds like a plan. I appreciate it, fellas. Y'all right. take care. TJ, right, you're you the too. man. Happy Thanks, Thanks brother. That was Taylor Gooch joining us here on the 73rd hole, the official podcast of Golf Oklahoma. TG, the absolute man, gets his first win on the PGA Tour, first of many, hopefully, for Taylor Gooch. He was unbelievable. He said in the offseason he needs to work on making some more putts. He better be careful. If he makes any more than he made at the RSM, they're going to ban that new putter that he's using. So he better he better not make too many or people are going to want to start banning his putter. Unbelievable week for TG. We appreciate him taking some time out for us here on a Tuesday. Now, if you were just here for TG, we've got a special surprise for you. We're going to take a break. We're going to come back on the other side. We've got a lot of good stuff. We're talking about the match later this week. We're talking about all the money that's being dumped into the PGA Tour, and we are going to start laying the base for the crafting of Humpman National, which is an 18-hole par 5 course from the best par 5s around the world. All that's coming up on the other side. Stay with us here on the 73rd Hole, the official podcast of Golf Oklahoma. When something the size of a golf ball hits your roof, you need to call McRae Roofing. McRae Roofing is Oklahoma's designer roofing service specialist. For years, Jeff McRae and the experienced team at McRae Roofing and Exteriors have served fellow Oklahomans by helping them with their roofing needs. McRae Roofing uses only top quality materials and professional crews to make sure that each job is done right so it will give you the years of service, security, and protection you need from the unpredictable Oklahoma weather. McRae Roofing offers residential and commercial roofing, ventilation services, and custom copper designs. McRae Roofing is dedicated to exceeding the homeowner's expectations. It's not just a roof, it is your home's crowning glory. Call McRae Roofing today at 405-692-4000. That's 405-692-4000. Make sure to also visit their website at McRaeRoofing.com. That's M-C-R-A-Y Roofing.com. Don't get caught with a leaking roof. Contact McRae Roofing for your free inspection today.
Welcome back. Rolling along here on the 73rd hole, the official podcast of Golf Oklahoma. Head over to GolfOklahoma.org. GolfOklahoma.org. Check it all out. Follow us on Twitter at the 73rd hole, Instagram 73rd hole, and our great guest, Taylor Gooch. You want to follow him? It's at Taylor Gooch. There's no Y in Taylor. T-A-L-O-R. And it's funny when you start winning on the PGA Tour, people want to start getting to know you a little bit better. So he's getting all these questions last week about the spelling of his name and all this stuff. And his little story he told about his family and all the weird spelling names is great. I was doing a little research before the show. You know, obviously we know TG really well, but I was just doing my research. And the first five articles that pop up when you search Taylor Gooch is, why is there no Y in your name? Are you kidding me? This guy has been... Either close to the top 50, but one of the most consistent players on tour over the past year, and the best that you can come up with is why is there no why in your name? Give me a break. Maybe it's what the people want to know. I mean, it is an interesting question. I, do, do, I don't know anyone else, T A L O R. It's a great uh, name. No, I don't know anyone else like that either. It's just, to me, and, and I've ripped on a couple of sources for sending out tweets, T A Y L O R, uh, with the wrong spelling of the name, and that's still unacceptable. But now that he's a winner on the PGA Tour, the next time Golf Central or Golf Digest or somebody tweets out his name with the wrong spelling, I am going. my head is going to explode. He's a winner <laughs> on the PGA Tour. You better spell that name, that man's name right. I totally agree. Yeah. In the, in the stories, in the tweets, whatever. I don't care if an intern is crafting your tweets. Check the spelling or fire the intern. That's what I think. <laughs> What's worse, spelling the first name wrong or last name wrong? Both. Both are worse. So they're both like equal? Yeah. I'm, yeah. Probably I would so. think so. Uh, just misspelling names, just you can't do it. It's okay. Okay. What if like Harold Varner the Third was listed as Harold Varner the Fourth? Is that bad? Uh, so like if you yeah, get the, if you get the number name. wrong, <laughs> uh, Harold Varner the Second. I would I would I would say that's a misspelling of the name. Yeah, hundred percent. Is that worse? You got to get the name I, I th- right. I think you that's get the worse. name right. It's yeah, it's close. It's definitely close. Uh, so DeChambeau, kind of oh, tough to spell. Kepka's kind of tough to spell. Real quick, real quick. Yeah, hit me. I, I should have mentioned this to TG, but, I mean, awesome job winning the tournament, TG, but unfortunately, I'm kind of upset with him because now I can't get him for, you know, like under 8000 on DraftKings right? anymore. We're not, we're not getting the value anymore. <laughs> no, value, no value now. Guy starts winning I mean, I mean if, you, if you win the tournament... There's still value there. So. That's a great point. At 10000 on DraftKings, you win the tournament, that's good value on DraftKings. That's true. So, anyway, uh, Bryson DeChambeau, Brooks Koepka playing at the win on the Strip in Vegas. Should be a lot of fun. Thanksgiving weekend, a whole lot of football to bet. Uh, I would imagine that there will be some shenanigans taking place in Vegas this weekend, and 12 holes of them will be taking place at the win, which is just off the Strip in Vegas. Uh, what are the odds for Bryson DeChambeau against Mr. Brooks Strixon Kepka? So Bryson DeChambeau is minus 125 and Brooks Kepka is plus 105. Okay. So Brooks Kepka is the slight underdog. Very slight. Do you th- do you guys think the match is rigged? Uh no, I don't think it's rigged, but I do think it's kind of hard to predict cuz like you don't think that it was just a coincidence that uh or do you think that it was just a coincidence that they had the lighted hole for the Phil Tiger match the first time and they were giving each other 5 foot putts? Well, I'll tell you what. During during that uh, during the playoff, Phil gave Tiger like a six footer for par. So yeah. during the what playoff playoff, but Tiger chipped in on seventeen and then yes. missed like an eight yep. foot no, eagle. That putt was back on when it was pay per view. This one's going to be on TNT, correct? Uh, yes, yeah. it'll be Phil Phil Mickelson and Charles Barkley on the call. That'll be that'll be great, delightful this to is, listen to. Honestly, to me, this is not an event that you want to go to a sports bar and hey, watch because I want to hear the commentary. They answered our question last week. We said who would be the Peyton and Eli of golf. Phil and Barkley. Phil and Chuck. 
I mean, Chuck's a professional golfer. He plays in tournaments. He plays. He <laughs> finishes DFL in the Tahoe Open every year. Yeah. What was it this last year? He had a bet that was there seventy players. He would he finished in the top sixty, and he didn't even sniff it. No. The funniest thing was whatever the last match was, or maybe it was two matches ago, where they asked if Chuck could go out on the last hole and make like a seven, and he went out there and just like bunted it around. I think he did it. If, he, I, if I'm remembering I right. didn't watch that one. Was that with, like, Curry? Man, I can't remember. There have been several of them now. That might have been the one with Peyton and Steph. Okay, that that had to be because I watched the last one with uh, Brady and Rogers. That was the last one they had, correct? Uh, yeah, yes. in Montana. Yeah. In Montana with uh, Bryson and... Where Phil is just hanging. Phil. And Phil, yeah. <laughs> Phil's, just hanging, Phil, yeah. Phil's just hanging in Montana. Yeah, just hanging in Montana. <laughs> uh, who, who wins the match? I'll go, I'll go Bryson because Bryson strikes me as the kind of guy who would be much more like grinding to get Try his game hard. in A shit. Yes. <laughs> Bry- Bryson strikes me as the guy at the YMCA that you're playing basketball, and you're like, okay, Patrick Beverly, calm down. That, that's <laughs> Bryson getting ready for the match. Do we think that Brooks is going to, you know, we've never really seen some real trash talk for the match. Do you think that Brooks is going to, you know, break some bro code and and talk a little like actual trash that kind of goes a little deeper? That's a good question. I just hope it's not cringy trash talk because some of Bryson's trash well, talk all is of like Bryson's is going to be cringy. cringy. It will be. But between with the history that these two have from going from like mortal enemies midsummer to the Ryder Cup and now they're just like the stepbrother shirt. I, it's a weird relationship these guys have had over the past couple of years. So I really wonder if it's all going to be in good fun. This, this will show us whether it was, well, maybe it won't show us, but we'll get a good idea of whether it was fake. I don't know. It's still a made for TV. No, I I get it. But what I'm saying is that there's going to be some opportunities for them to take deep jabs at each other. Oh yeah, there definitely will be. When we look at it over, over however long since it's been, Tiger and Phil, their smack talking wasn't that good. The one where Peyton and uh, Brady were playing, that one was okay. The, Take a the, suck of that, Chuck. Yeah, the, that's the only <laughs> thing we had was whenever Brady holed out. <laughs> the last the last one with uh, Bryson and Rogers, I thought that was pretty good, even though Bryson's a little uh, awkward, that kind of thing. The only thing I have a question of is, Brooks going to be like super hungover for the, for the match? <laughs> I'm assuming so. But here, but the point you mentioned, Colby, about Bryson wanting or caring more, I think that might actually go against him in this aspect, where he cares a little bit too much about that four footer that Bryson doesn't or Brooks doesn't give him. Then he doesn't even hit the hole with it. So could I, be. I, I think that's going to happen. Especially being twelve holes. You give me Brooks as an underdog, I'll go Brooks. But the real winner here is going to be Vegas. Always the real the real winner is always Vegas. My question is: Thanksgiving is Thursday. We know. I mean, it's it's become somewhat legendary the number of calories that Bryson DeChambeau consumes in a day. I mean, how many calories is Bryson DeChambeau putting down on Thanksgiving? He might gain 15 hey, pounds on Thursday. Bryson's the type of guy to fast on Thanksgiving for the match. <laughs> <laughs> Intermittent fasting? Yeah. Just go out with protein shakes? Is Bryson? What's Bryson eating on Thursday? Turkey or a protein shake? Or is he grinding turkey up and putting it in the protein oh, shake? Oh, that's so nasty. I have a confession to make, boys. Stop. <laughs> so, Whatever you're about to say, I don't know that I want to hear it. So, obviously, we have the new puppy, Piper. Yep. And uh, and I've kind of told her that turkey is treats, and now she thinks that, like, when she goes to pee, she gets a piece of turkey. What? Instead of a treat. That's a good way to get because her potty she kept, she kept through she kept throwing her treats up, so I, I told her that turkey was a treat and now this is it. not like a cooked turkey this is like deli meat that you get at the grocery store yeah it's like it's like the cheapest deli meat you can find so are you gonna give her a part of the bird on thursday yeah you have to i have to you have to you gotta make her a little plate yeah oh you gotta make piper a plate 
Yep. The play would be bigger than Piper. Piper's a, a small little thing. <laughs> yeah. Has she gotten any bigger at all? Not really. Yeah, she's a small little thing. I don't you, know how much you can sit on her eat. very easily. I don't know how much turkey she could eat. Well, didn't you step on her on accident? One time, yeah. I mean, that was scary. It's easy to do. She's the size of my Yeti. <laughs> she got she, really she got is. stuck on top of the uh, gate guard one time. Yeah. What she a did. rascal. Yeah, she's crazy. What a rascal. But anyways, yeah. So turkey is her treat. Match should be fun. Um, would something like this be worth a Vegas trip? Go out and watch something like like. Would this be interesting to watch in person? Because a lot of times you go to a PGA Tour event and you're watching one group, but there's so much stuff going on elsewhere. You go to an event like this. I mean, kind of the one good thing about it is you follow these two guys around, you watch them play, and that's just there's nothing else going on. And it's only twelve holes, it's so 12 it doesn't holes. take up your whole day. Actually, you still have the night during Vegas. If we've learned anything from these matches, with the amount of commercials and promotion yeah. and talking and everything that goes on. I bet those 12 holes are going to take four and a half hours. Well, I mean, yeah, but what I'm saying is it's not just a full, you know, full-on day of golf. Right. Like, you're going out to watch a PGA Tour event. That's a full day right. Like, people who have tickets to Southern in May, they're going to go out at 7 or 8 o'clock in From the morning and probably eight, not yeah. leave till sunset. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, no, this is one of those deals where it's like, we're not going to look at the schedule and say, oh, Brooks and Bryson are playing. Let's let's go all the way out to Vegas. I might if we go see Tiger and Phil again. I mean, that would be worth it. And or two Tiger, is being I'm, there, you okay. can't hear Phil, Phil and Barkley. That's good True, point. true. Yeah, I guess you could have the broadcast pulled up on your phone. It is 2021. I do want to go to Vegas and watch the Chiefs and Raiders play. I think that would be fun. That would be awesome. I want to go to Vegas in a few years when they get an F1 race down there, but y'all are oh. F1 fans, so you probably can't relate. F1 race is pretty pretty intense toward the end of the season, If you by the told way. me all I had to do to go to Vegas with you for the F1 race was watch that show, I'll watch it. Okay. In. In. You're right. going to have like four seasons to catch up on. That's fine. Okay, good stuff. Uh, why don't we do this? Since we're already down a rabbit hole. You ready? You ready for 30 seconds of Yellowstone? Let's do it. All right. Hold on. Let's make sure we've got everything everything like it needs to be. Get our little timer pulled up here. Yellowstone, 30 seconds. You going first or am I? We need to know before we press the button. I'll go first. All right. We're going to dive in here. Spoiler alert, by the way. If you haven't watched this week's Yellowstone, you don't want to be spoiled. Fast forward 30 seconds. From now. It wasn't Jamie. It was Jamie's dad. It was Jamie's dad. That's absolutely nuts. Lloyd has had a stick up his, you know what, for the last few weeks, and Rip put it right back up there. Rip let Lloyd have it. In the I couldn't house. believe that girl slapped Lloyd. That was oh nuts. Oh, my gosh. So hard. So yeah, are hard. we going to see Jimmy again, or will he only go to the show? I don't know. He's in Texas now. You, I mean, people go to Texas, and they disappear. Casey like the moved to the team. res. Uh, Casey did move to the res, which was good. You got to get yep. Tate out of there. Tate's got PTSD all over the place. Reagan told me that Rip is hotter than Casey, so I don't understand that. Uh, really? That's yeah, I can't believe <laughs> That was loud. Startled me. That was very loud. Startled me quite a bit. That's 30 seconds of Yellowstone. If you fast forward it, thanks for rejoining us. We'll do that every week as Yellowstone continues to play. Are you excited for 1883, the spinoff? Uh, no. Taylor doesn't watch Yellowstone, by the way. Maybe. If anyone's wondering why it, he hasn't look, turned in. Here's the deal is the only reason why I'm not as excited for it is because there's not going to be another season of Yellowstone after this. Right. But, yeah. well, but if it's the same, you know... Obviously, Tim McGraw's in it, correct? Tim McGraw and Faith Hill both. So yep. that'll be good. Sam Elliott? That'll be good. Yeah, good you cast. Know, I, I, I'm excited for it. I'll watch it. But yeah, I'm not, I'll watch it. But the thing that I like about Yellowstone is it's current day. Uh, Yeah, true. It's current day. This is much more old-time setting, but that'll be a lot of fun. All right, next week, we'll do 30 more seconds of Yellowstone. That's a lot of fun. Also, 
A lot of fun is our friends over at Ring Family Dentistry. They go out of their way to ensure that all treatment is as comfortable as possible. The leading edge technology. They've been delivering same-day crowns for more than 20 years. They do it all. Implants, clear liner, orthodontics. You want it. They've got it at Ring Family Dentistry. All decisions are made by the patient. Both Drs. Phillip and Brennan Ring have a simple philosophy. Work with what they have. Save what they can and replace what they can't. They explain their opinion, answer any questions, and ultimately leave all decisions to the patient. Uh, all right, fellas, there is a lot of money being tossed around on the PGA Tour. Uh, competition breeds success. It breeds growth. And we've had more competition lately with the PGA Tour, with the PGL, and the DP World Tour now coming up, and, and everything that's going on with the Saudis and the Asia Tour. So there was a memo sent to tour players uh, yesterday, and these were the announcements in that memo. The FedEx Cup bonus pool is going from $60 million to $75 million. The Comcast Business Tour Top 10, by the way, the Comcast Business Tour Top 10 is at the end of the regular season, so after the Wyndham, whoever's in the top 10 of the FedEx Cup gets this bonus pool. So that is going from $10 million to $20 million. The PIP, which is already over, Tiger won it yesterday or on Sunday, <laughs> it's gone up from $40 million to $50 million. The official prize money going from $367 million to $427 million, so that's up $60 million. Average purses are going from $8 million to $9.1 million. The player-hosted Invitationals, Riviera, Bay Hill, Memorial, those purses are up to $12 million from $9.3 million, so about a, a 25-30% increase. Uh, WGC is up to $12 million from $10 million. FedEx Cup playoff events, the purses are going from $9.5 million to $15 million, like a 65% increase there. And then the Players' Championship is going from $15 million to $20 million, a 33% increase. That was some it's, quick math. Competition breeds success. It, it, it makes you go out and put a better product out there. And Taylor, you were really on this train about a month ago when we had this conversation. You're like, hey, you don't want these other tours to come in? Hand out more money. Pretty simple. They're handing out more money. What do you think? Uh, it'll be interesting to see over the next year how it affects the all Greg Norman Saudi stuff. I mean, yep. I mean, obviously this is more money, but it's not anywhere close to the rumored amount that's going on over there. So still, obviously, they're doing the best they can, or the, they're doing better at least. I'm not going to say it's the best they can. There's still a lot to be seen there. Looking at the events on how it's going, CBS is going to have 20 events. NBC going to have 12 we, we've had their complaints with CBS. I'm, obviously, if Nance is still there, Nick, Nance and Faldo, it's going to be good. But some of the other stuff, especially the commercials and not showing certain shots like Kevin Stroman holding out. Wind. Playing, yeah. playing through <laughs> on the back nine of major, stuff like that. Correct. And the next big thing here that I'm seeing, guys, is that ESPN Plus is basically going to be in control of PJ Tour Live now. Wow. And Do so, they still have the yep. Peacock stuff for NBC? I'm sure they'll do a few things. With I, Peacock. I would imagine because yeah. Peacock's just NBC. I mean, it's Affiliated. like the, the closest thing to an affiliate you'll ever get. Right. And so, I I think that it says right here, including four uh, daily live streams. So I mean, that's did they have four for the? They only had two, didn't they? Two featured uh, groups. Yeah, they only had two. One but, in the morning, yeah, they, one at night. Yeah, yeah, morning and afternoon. So this will, in theory, this should be more coverage. And it says 2022, they'll have more than 4,300 hours of coverage. I don't know how that compares, but it sure does sound like a lot. It does sound like a lot. Yeah, and if I'm not mistaken, isn't the PGA Tour kind of taking over? You know, all of the, all of the TV companies. 
right? Like the it's the PGA Tour is controlling it now, as opposed to you know more like college football where CBS you know owns the SEC and stuff like that. Well, it says right here under the new nine-year domestic media rights agreement with uh, Viacom, CBS, and Comcast, NBC Universal that begins in 2020. Right. One network will televise all three FedEx playoff events each year. So I guess that means oh. that uh, that's going to flip flop too. So okay, yeah. so, so yeah, like, sounds, this next year, do you, do you know? Does it say who's going to do the playoffs this year? Uh, yes, NBC will. NBC. So then maybe the, so then maybe the following year it'll be CBS, but they'll get all three events in the year that they have it. Yes. Okay. So the Tour be, Championship, BMW, and uh, Barclays, or whatever you want I think I kind of like that, because you, you well, tune into the playoffs three weeks in a row, you get the same broadcast team, all that good stuff. I can think I kind of like that. Well, what I hear from it, it, you know, it means that the PGA Tour will be kind of dictating who is on air and off air, right? Because I'm not sure. I'm not sure. That's, that's down in the weeds a little bit. I, I just hope that they're handing out more money I hope it doesn't lead to more commercials. Right. Because commercials, I mean, there's a lot of commercials in golf coverage. And also, I mean, I don't think it's crazy to think that golf fans should get a little bit more coverage. Yeah. I mean, I mean some of these events just don't get very much coverage, especially the fact on that every and major isn't just like the Masters is ridiculous to me. Well, and, and Masters.com has made it great. Uh, PGA Championship and Open Championship do a pretty that's, good job. That's CBS. Of giving you full day coverage. The Masters with that. Yeah. Yeah, so uh, I don't know. I mean, golf golf coverage is is good. Could be better. Yeah. Could definitely be better. Better than it was five years ago. Yeah, and have a lot better than it was twenty years ago. Oh my gosh, you remember the Masters when we were kids? You could. I didn't know what the front nine looked like until I was like no. twelve. No, I mean yeah. we were just watching the back nine on Sunday. That's it was weird. It was weird. I, I can't imagine going back to that era and not seeing golf. And now you can watch literally every shot of every player in the field. Yep. Now that we're in the off season, did you guys like how the PGA Tour scheduled their last season? Uh, I think that they did very well as far as like trying to fit all the tournaments into the mega season with everything that they had going on and the condensed schedule. I think they did very well. And then now we're kind of back to a more normal schedule, which I think will be a, a much needed reprieve for the PGA Tour. Well, obviously, with COVID, they were put behind the eight ball. They had to schedule so many things together. Right. The Masters U.S. Open. We had two Masters and two U.S. Opens last year. I mean, that's pretty cool. Uh, oh. D- DJ won the Masters a year ago. Ain't that crazy? That's crazy. That's, that, it feels uh, like it was five years ago. It does. It was a year ago DJ won the Masters. No, November of 20. I will say this. I, I do obviously like what they did, but I like what I like next year's schedule a little bit better. I, I do. like. Obviously, it could have been a little better, but I like that. Why? Because I, I like the fact that the Scottish Open is now a tour event. I think that's okay. going to be good. I think that's better for the tour. Yep. Agreed. Um, Agreed. Yep. And, I mean, like I said, there's not that that many tweaks of difference. I think that's a big one. And I just think that, obviously, last year, because you had the Olympics and the Ryder Cup going on to external events. Because usually, the, the Ryder Cup's in, like, September. And the President's Cup's, like, November or December. So, it's a little bit different timing there. So, I think next year will help with that aspect. Where is bit. the President's Cup next year? Quail Hollow. Quail Hollow. Gotcha. That'll be good. That'll be, be a really good President's Cup, especially because the international team, they're getting better. That side's getting better. They've got some good guys. U.S. got so hyped for winning the Ryder Cup, probably go out and lose by 10 points to internationals. Uh, and Pat- I don't think we ever lost. It probably depends on whether Patrick Reed's on the team. Do you think there will ever be a time where the Europeans play the internationals uh, in some match? Good question. I can see it down the road at some point. I don't I know. I just it. thought about that yeah. for the first time ever. Maybe. Yeah. I don't know. It, just, it depends on how you'd have to schedule it, obviously, with yeah. Ryder Cup and President's you Cup and all that. But, for it and stuff like that. But. Yeah, but I think it'd be fun. I think it'd be a blast. Yeah. Um, all right, what else What else were we going to get to? Anything else before we get to Humman National? Uh, Bedlam picks. Bedlam picks. I don't want to talk about Bedlam. I, I'm very torn on Bedlam. Very it, torn. It's one of those first times I've ever heard all the OSU fans are picking OU and all the OU fans are picking OSU. Yeah, it's very weird. 
It's very weird. Both sides are very pessimistic about their team's o- chances coming in. OU's ups- oh, the OU fans are upset You know, with how the year's gone. It's probably the most disappointing year of OU football in my lifetime just based on the preseason expectations. Yeah, it must all- suck to be 10-1 all the time. That must be <laughs> gosh, all- that's brutal. And all the OSU fans are scared that it's going to go like the previous Bedlam games have gone. So, right. Colby, you're the pistols firing guy. Fire so, away. We're making our, our predictions tomorrow on the, on the PFB pod. But give us a little hint. I, I do think Oklahoma State is a little bit better team this year. I do think that m- much too much is being made of like this being some sort of David versus Goliath and OU being David. OU's not David. OU's 10-1, and one, and OU wins this game every year. I think that it should be a very close game. Um, OU's offense hasn't been as good as it has been in years past. Let me the, ask you this. Is, I'm not trying to get you to give a pick, but... Did well, Vegas, good, because I haven't decided. Okay, well, did Vegas get it right? Is it going to be a close game, three and a half, or is it even, you know, maybe one, or is it going to be a blowout? I don't know. I just, I look at both sides, and it seems like every year coming into the game, OSU's good at some things, but OU's, like, great at one thing. Not this year. And this year, it's like OU is good at a lot of things, but OSU is great at one thing on defense. Mm-hmm. But also, I mean, it's Bedlam. It's a rivalry game. You, you Turnovers happen. Missed field goals happen. Punting on fourth and inches from your opponent's 40 and happens. And it's at OSU, which is it's a big deal. It's in Stillwater. It might be the last one. There's the Big 12 championship games on the line. And then, if OU wins on Saturday, then we have to do it all again for a whole other week. What I think about so, it is I, this I'm is so the torn. best chance that OSU will ever have well obviously because they're not going to play here in a couple of years but maybe next year who knows maybe next year but it's the best chance they've had maybe ever to be OU um yeah this is normally I go in every year and I'm just I just chalk it up as a loss that's just my normal mentality you go in you start the season 0-1 and you try to win the other 11 this year I don't necessarily feel that way uh probably the most confident I've been since 2011 but the most confident I've been since 2011 is still like I'm leaning 55-45 toward picking OSU and that's just that's where we're at with Bedlam Taylor lifelong OU fan thoughts here's my question if OSU wins more than likely going to play Baylor in the conference championship, right? Baylor's not losing to Tech this week. Uh, right. Baylor would have to lose to Tech, yeah. And so that's not happening. Tech's bad. But, well, if, oh, but think, if OU wins, it's OU-OSU again. 100%. Yeah. Yes. So my question is, I think OSU will bust Baylor if they play next week. Let's just say let's say OSU skates by this game and they win the conference championship. What are the chances they get in the playoff? High. Yeah. I, I think agree. they're high. Especially now with the Oregon losing. Well, and then part of the reason I say that, number one, Oregon lost. Obviously, Ohio State or Michigan's losing this week. And I don't think Alabama's going to beat Georgia. So, now if I'm wrong about that, then that lowers their chances. But I don't think Alabama's going to beat Georgia, which would have Georgia and Ohio State in. And then you'd have two spots remaining for Cincinnati, Notre Dame, and Oklahoma State. And Oklahoma State, this, as a conference me. champion, I think would get in over Notre Dame. As an OSU fan, are you more scared of Caleb Williams or yes. Spencer Rattler? Caleb Williams. Okay. Always the guy who can run. Okay. Always more scared of the guy who can run. Even though he's he who hesitates is lost a, uh, a lot of the time. That's fine. That's fine. I'm more scared of Caleb Williams. And then definitely, obviously, OU's defensive line has played better as Dude, of late. Does I'm, that I'm worry you a little of, bit? Uh, it does. Yes. OU's gotten healthy right as Oklahoma State's gotten unhealthy in the trenches. Uh, Oklahoma State. I don't know how many offensive linemen they're going to be down on Saturday, but Perry on Winfrey, Isaiah Thomas, Nick Benito, and Jalen Redmond are pretty raw. Uh, Y'all want to give predictions? Yeah. Do you have a prediction? I have a prediction. All right. Fire away. I'm going OSU 42, OU 28. Okay. You got the over. 
I got the over. Okay. Tyler? And OSU Tyler? by two touchdowns. I was going to say 31-27, but our kicker for some reason went from the best in the country to can't make, can't make a <laughs> PAT, basically. Yeah, what's up with that? So I'm going to go 28-24. And by the way, that does, just because I'm picking OSU doesn't necessarily mean that I'm betting on OSU because I don't know that I feel confident enough in OSU to put any money on it. And, and I haven't... I haven't decided, but I think there's a decent chance I picked the winner of this game to win it with less than 20 points. I think the under is the lock of the year in college football. You think? Both offensive lines are going to get killed. It's going to be a punt fest. Yeah. I think it's going to be a punt fest, but who knows? We're What's all, the weather we're like? We're all just guessing. What's the weather like? I just looked earlier today. Now, it's a night game, so it won't be this, this warm at kickoff, but um, 69 is the high. Nice. nice. Uh, winds out of the west-northwest at 5 to 10 miles an hour, 0% chance of rain. West wind. That's Beautiful. interesting. Beautiful. Beautiful. So no side wind. Yeah, but it's, I mean, it's five to 10 miles an hour and in the state, you won't yeah, even feel that. Right? It'll be, but it'll I'm be saying there, there's been a lot of years with the strong north wind. Yes. Yeah. Well, because this game's always played in November, so the weather can be very dicey, but yep. it won't be dicey on Saturday. Uh, all right. Hot Man National. So if you're not an avid listener to the pod, number one, what's wrong with you? Where you been? Number two, we are welcome. This, welcome. Yes, welcome to the pod. What's wrong with you and welcome? Both at the same time. <laughs> um, Hump Man National is this idea that your dad, Craig Humphreys, decided that there should be a golf course no, no, that's no. all par fives. No, just me, but you I'm decided. naming it after. You're naming it after Craig. Yeah. Okay, so Hump Man National will be an 18-hole course, all par fives, and what we're going to do... We're going to figure out all the rules and everything, what we want to do. And at some point in time in the next few weeks, whenever we've got a, a whole day to devote to Huntman National, we're going to put together an 18-hole course. And dive into best, each hole. Of the best par fives from across the world. So what I want to know is, like, are we going to limit, like, one par five per course? Or can we run out multiple par fives from one course? I think, no, I think what we need to do is lay out each of us make a list of par fives and then it has to get two votes to make it to the next, you know, round of voting. And then we each have to get two votes, two votes until we're down to 18 par fives. And then we'll also have to decide what order we want to put them in. Yes. That's that. So this isn't a draft. This isn't a draft. We're all, we're all, it has to be majority vote. Yeah. We're going to put together one 73rd hole course. Now Taylor, you, you already looked some up earlier. So yes, just Just kind of people a little, hint into I, what we're looking at. I got two I got two questions t- to solidify. One, can we use par fives from the fantasy courses in Tiger Woods? No. I would say no. Yeah. No, that ruins it. Yeah, I would say no. Can we use holes that are par fours and convert them into par fives? No. I would also probably say no. No, okay. par fives I would only. also probably say no. Pure par fives. Well, then we'll just delete those. <laughs> <laughs> Pure par. I mean, well, look, that, that was 10 out of... 50, so... And, and the reason I ask if we can use multiple par fives from one course is because a couple courses immediately popped to mind, I guess, National, Pebble Beach, right. that have multiple elite par fives. You know, so I've got some from around here, like Southern Hills, number 13, is one of my favorite par fives. Great Oak, Oak Tree, number 16, one of my favorite par fives. The 18 holes at Carson and Jimmy Austin. 16, not three? Three was voted one of the top 100 holes for so a long was, time. So was 16. Three, four, and 16 all were. I think 16 should be a par four, though. For the record, because you hit it 380 yards. This is the type of debate we will have. For the record, the better you are at golf, the more fun number three at national is. The worse you are at golf, the less fun you're going to have on that hole. Yeah, are we debate? And we'll have this, you know, discussion when we do this. Are we going to, you know, lean toward more of the fun holes to play or the great holes? That's why we're going to have to have some have a mix. Yeah. Okay. So you. It's going to be. It's going to take an hour at least. So you have some around here locally. Uh, Dornick number 16. 
That's a good one. Great I mean, hole. That's another one. Great hole. So some of the other main Let's ones. Put a wall Pebble, in front Pebble of Beach green. number eighteen, obviously Augusta thirteen, Cypress number five. Uh, you played this hole, Pine Valley number fifteen. Mm-hmm. Give us some sight on that. Is that a good hole? I mean, I played it when I was thirteen, so that's a long time ago. I've slept since then, but yeah, it was a good hole. I mean, it's on the best course in the world. Yeah. <laughs> do, you have, do you have the best par five at Pebble Beach on there, or just number eighteen? Which one is it? Fourteen? Number six. Oh, give me a break. number six. Number six is a better hole than eighteen, I think. I disagree. Sam? I haven't been there, so but I don't know. I disagree. <sighs> both great holes, by the yeah, way. Yeah, they're both great. Like, if I was ranking them both on a scale of 1 to 10, I'd give them both a 10. Yeah. But personal preference, I would take 6. I love the I love the blind uphill second shot. That hill's yeah. massive. Sam, what do you think? I would lean towards 18, just more memorable moments. And yeah. I like, you know, the whole ocean on the left side. I think it's a prettier hole. Okay, fair enough. Fair what enough. This and I don't like blind shots. Oh, see, I love that I don't blind second shot of Pebble. I don't um, Wolf Creek number seventeen is that a good hole? Great hole. That is a good hole. Great hole. Yeah. There's a. Uh, there, we have to accept the fact though that there are going to be some great holes left off the list. Oh, yeah. I've got a ton on here. Um, Bay Hill number six, the one that Bryson. And hit we're going to have to put these on. in order too. Of yes. What finishing holes? Yeah. Tory, we're going to have to devote a show. Tory to Pines. You could go thirteen or eighteen. Yeah. Thirteen oh, man. for sure. PJ National number eighteen. Yeah, Honda it's a good Classic. Hole. It's a good uh, hole. PJ West, number 16, the one with the huge bunker. Yep. yep. Uh, 18 yep. at Eastlake. Yep, Bay Hill. Uh, 15th five. hole at Seminole. Bay Hill 6, right? 6. Yes. 6 at Bay six. Hill, yeah. Sorry. The 5th hole at Whistling Straits. Yep, good hole. Uh, Is that the one that uh, Bryson cut the corner? Mm-hmm. Had like 74 yep. yards in? Yep. Uh, yeah. The 2nd hole at Kiowa. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's a good Great one. Great hole. Um, Baltusrol, number 18. Don't per- remember that one off the top of my head. Prairie Dunes, number 17. Oh, that's oh, a really yeah. good hole. What about this one, Sam? Kapalua, number 18. Cap. Oh, wow. Yeah. And there's some other holes at Kapalua that could be on there as well. And he- here's some other ones I got. Uh, Muirfield Village, number 11. Shadow Creek, number 18. Oakmont, number 4. I already said Seminole, number 5. Elotion, number 14. Uh, St. George's, number 14. Where DJ hit it in the... I'm going to have to do some more research and yeah. jog my memory on some of these. Wentworth, number 18. Beth Page, number 4. Well... A lot, That's of we're gonna do a, show on it, right. a lot of the really famous ones I remember, but some of these other ones... T-Dub, you I'm had a lot to, of good ones on that list. Trying to jog my memory. Dude, that was like 15 minutes of typing. Wow. Oh, Colby, I, I have Cimarron Trails number three in here for you. Hey, Cimarron Trails number three. <laughs> driver sandwich, even for a short time. Lincoln dog. Park West, number one. Here, I, here, <laughs> I, got th- I got three other local holes on here that I think are really good par fives. Tell me what y'all think. Cedar Ridge, number one. Never played Cedar Ridge. Cedar Ridge, number. I like number... Let's see. What would it be? Number 14 better? The one like, with the out-of-bounds right? Yeah. I like that hole. See, I hit it out-of-bounds on that hole. That's why I don't like it. <laughs> There's a bunch of good par fives at Cedar Ridge. That's why it's my favorite What course. about uh, Golf Club of Oklahoma 18? Another great hole. I would put Karsten Creek number 18 ahead of that. I probably would, too. I got Jimmy Austin ahead of that, too. And Carson here, Creek it, number 18 is the only hole I like. <laughs> Carson Creek number 9 is a really good hole, too. What about the yeah. third hole at Rose Creek? Third hole. Ooh, I think that's a really good part. That is a great. That's a that great is design a good hole. Yeah, that's, that's a that's, that's a, a really sneaky good hole. hole T Dub. Wow. I wasn't I wasn't expecting you to break out Rose Creek, but that's a sneaky good hole. Yeah. Big wide fairway, but then you've got just a ridiculous amount of options on your second. We'll shot. have to talk. And, all and if you guess this. wrong, you're losing your golf ball. Hundred percent. Yeah. So we'll do a full show sometime in so, December. So basically, the rule that we need to figure out is: Are we limiting to one course per par five? Yeah. Yes, we should. Because, because like I would put Augusta thirteen and fifteen. Yeah, on like, no, I would too. But I would too. I would put thirteen and fifteen on there, and I'd put six and eighteen at Pebble on there. I think I would too. So, so should we limit it? I don't know. 
If we limit it, I don't know that we should because I, if we limit it, we're going to we leave off some of the best par fives yeah, in the world. We shouldn't because Augusta 15 and 13 should be. Let's on limit there. it to two per course. You, oh, can't, we can you, do that. you can't have three from the same course. <laughs> okay. Like we can't do six, 18, and 14 at Pebble. Should yeah. we have a, a limit or a max of local courses in Oklahoma we should pick? Um, no. Not necessarily, but I think we should be careful not to weight those more heavily just because they're close. You know but what I mean? we also need to be careful not to wait them too weak just yes, because they're yes. close. Yeah, not overlook we'll them talk just about because it. they're close. We'll talk about it. Yeah. All right, so in December, we're going to craft Huntman National. So when you see the Huntman National pod come through, that's going to be a whole podcast that we devote to crafting Huntman National. And we'll dive National. into like, the history of those holes and, yeah, yeah, and yeah. stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, We'll describe the holes. We'll do all that stuff. We'll have some more research between now and then. Uh, any tidying up we need to do before we get out of here? Tiger's Happy- back! Happy Thanksgiving, everybody. <laughs> Shout out, TG. Happy Thanksgiving. How about TG, Shout out, dude? TG. The best. The absolute best. Direct deposit in the morning. Hitting the bank. It's good stuff. <laughs> it's good stuff. Everybody have a happy Thanksgiving. Uh, be safe. If you're going to Bedlam, be safe. Mm-hmm. There will be some drinks consumed in Stillwater on Saturday night. Get there safely. Get home safely. Uh, if you drink, if you drink, don't drive. All that good stuff. We appreciate everybody for listening. Uh, another big shout out to Taylor Gooch. Follow him on Twitter, Instagram, at Taylor Gooch. No why? T-A-L-O-R-G-O-O-C-H. Champion on the PGA Tour. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Enjoy the holiday week. We're back next week here on the 73rd Hole, the official podcast of Golf Oklahoma.